Welcome to Purpose and Productivity, a podcast made possible by the SkyPass Group of Companies and SkyLife Success. Join Krish Dunham, an author and speaker whose messaging has been described as the junction where God's ability and man's availability meet hope's accessibility. Greetings, everybody. In today's podcast, I want to explore the concept of choosers, excusers, viewers, and abusers. That sounds like the making of some kind of a fascinating poem, but it's not. These are just a word cluster I saw that I thought talks a lot about human behavior and how it manifests. The whole concept of when we see things around us, do you opt in, do you opt out? Is the mentality an ostrich in the sand saying it doesn't affect me so I don't need to participate? Or is it sitting like a woodpecker and hammering away at the side of a tree knowing you're really not making a difference, but that's what you're called to do? It's a new kind of ABC that we want to explore. In the old times, uh, our ABC stood for the attitude, behavior, and character. And while that still is the underlying foundation, I want to explore a new kind of ABC that is proactive instead of reactive. This is adjusting to the what, believing in the why, and controlling the how. The narrative is changing out there, and the narrative is changing by the hour. I'm working on a book which hopefully should be released in the very near future, or at least compiled in the very near future as we shop it, trying to deal with some of the Things that are going on in this world as it pertains to race, as it pertains to uh, nomenclature, as it pertains to prejudice and bigotry and the grace that is required that underlines and undermines all the things that are happening out there. So the broader topic is choosers, excusers, viewers and abusers. The minor tracks are adjusting to the what, believing in the why and controlling the how. And the overarching theme is to deal with some of the issues we are seeing that we have taken a backseat to because to insert your identity into it will uh, rock the boat a little bit and consider you or gain you some unwarranted attention. This is a fascinating part of human existence right now and uh, Many of you know I'm a big Orwellian fan, or not the Orwellian predictions, but I'm a fan of George Orwell and his works of 1984 and Animal Farm, and the outcomes of some of those books that were penned so very long ago that society seems to be mimicking right now in a very interesting way. This past uh, week, I was in a school district in East Texas speaking at their convocation or the opening of their school year. And while all the social norms and protocols were followed, we had a small group of people in a room and the eventual messaging was broadcast. But as a result of that, I got uh, some nice emails uh, from people saying that thank you for asking me to go back and look at the moral foundations, even though we are relegated to a virtual world, which means we could have opted out, but we have chose to opt in. My premise there was teachers are the last bastion, they are the last line of standing that will control what the future either embraces or enlists in. But right now, everybody is taking a back seat because we don't want to rock the boat. 
the charge on the street is that if you have an opinion that is inflammatory in some way or even perceived as inflammatory in some way, you become now a victim of what we call the social justice warriors, the people who are part of the cancel culture. Now, the cancel culture is one of the biggest hypocritical movements I've seen out there. And while, again, I, I try not to get into the politics of it, I begin to see that well-meaning people are being canceled or at least are not participating for fear of being canceled because of something they may have said or something their ancestors may have believed or something the geography they originated from may have ascribed to. So let's look at the ABC again, adjusting to the what. What is the foundation out there that we're going to build a monument to our existence? If going forward, we are all going to be required to act a certain way in terms of physical distancing, because that's the norm, at least till such time as a vaccine is available. If that's the way we're going to shop, if that's the way we're going to worship, if that's the way we're going to work, if that's the way we're going to participate, how are we going to adjust to this? How do we get sanity? This morning, I had a prolonged conversation with my dad, and he is now feeling the brunt of having been locked up now for a good five or six months. He's at the zenith of his life, 86 years, has made great contributions to society. He's an educated man, he's a wise man, has provided well for his family, has raised two children. But amidst this loneliness, he is adjusting to the what he doesn't want to opt in anymore. He's thinking of opting out. And by opting out, I mean not just in rebellion, but in resignation. And I never expected that conversation to even be something that he would uh, embark on. But he says, I'm a hands-on guy. I like to participate in life. I like to be part of life. I like to take my lumps. I like to take my licks. He says, when I was in management and there was consternation on behalf of the people about how I was doing my job, I took, it gave me great pride to opt in and protect those that I was leading and take it and tell them that the buck stopped at me. But today, I don't know where the buck stops. I don't know if there is a buck. I don't know who controls the buck. I'm just sitting in my room, looking at the four walls of my house, looking at a life gone by and asking myself, if this is reality, I want none of it. So how are you adjusting to the what in your life? How are you relying on or reaching for the motivation that is going to govern you and the motivation that is going to guide you going forward? These are some serious times. So let's look at our overarching theme. <clears throat> Do we need more uh, of a push to be a chooser? Is it easier now to be an excuser? There is a good number of people who just sit on the sidelines and wait for the evening news to come on and react accordingly. If the numbers are high in terms of infection, if the numbers are low in terms of death, and the numbers are high in terms of hospitalization, and the numbers are low in terms of... Um, uh, whatever, all this juxtaposition that goes up and down on numbers, people say, hey, you know what? I have a built-in excuse. I don't make the rules. I just follow them. Then there are some people who are just voyeurs to this whole thing. These are the viewers. These are the people who are just spectators watching the whole thing going by saying, I don't have an opinion to participate and I don't have a decision or a command or a condition to extricate. As a result of that, I'm just going to view this process. And humanity, if you go back to Orwell's suggestions, we are, we are literally standing on the periphery where ignorance is now claiming wisdom, 
Freedom is now being enslaved and uh, ignorance is now considered strength. Freedom is now slavery and war is peace. Uh, So all of these things we have talked about seem to be constantly creating this flux around us. So the question to ask is, are you going to opt in or are you going to opt out? Now, most of you who listen to Purpose and Productivity come here for hope. And I try in spite of sometimes being down myself to give that hope. But it almost seems that every day when I try to be a chooser, I run into a barrage of excusers. I run into an abundance of viewers. And then there is that small section of abusers who are always trying to game the system in some way to get some kind of an edge. I understand if it is a joke and if it's done tongue in cheek. But for the most part, abusers are people who are taking advantage of the situation. Uh, I never thought in my life I would see so many people making masks. While if that is a normal that is going forward, to some degree, I almost would ask myself, just because I know how to sew, just because I know how to knit, is that something I would take on? If there is really a danger of a virus and a contagion of such contamination and such human detriment out there that I believe that just because I have the ability to slap a couple of pieces of cotton together and then weave it into some kind of an intricate pattern, that I'm now an expert in making masks. Don't get me wrong. I'm all for capitalism. And if that mask is someone is buying it, they are choosing it. And if you're supplying it, then you are part of the solution in some way. But I, is, is, is looking at this virus and capitalizing on it by trying to create every kind of stuff out there that every second person is now a producer and a manufacturer of hand sanitizer. Every third person has got home-built thermometers that they're building onto walls and creating. Initially, it seemed like a novelty when one or two people were able to change the nature of their business. But this is getting on the lines of if there is a pandemic out there, how many people are now experts in providing scientific equipment so that other people will not be contaminated? That's a choice. Is there some regulation on the masks we are going to be wearing or the masks we are called to wear? Or is that just any mask would do and as long as you wear one, you are part of the viewers who look the part? The reason I'm asking these serious questions is it goes back to there are a lot of people opting out. And like my dad is one of them. He says, I wear a mask, but they don't tell me what it does and what it doesn't do. They don't tell me where I can go and what I can do and if I can go and do anything. So the fear factor seems to be overriding the faith factor and the fear factor seems to be overriding the focus factor. So how are you adjusting to the what? What are some situational standards you have built for yourself? My discipline has stayed the same. I wear one of those masks which I wear around my neck if it's required that I be have something that is a little more stringent because I'm going into an arena which has a higher ability for infection. I may get a higher grade mask. I don't know the answers. I'm not a doctor, but nobody is giving advice on what is the right kind of one to wear. So in adjusting to that, I have to make the best decision, but I can make a decision that is unilateral that would work in every situation. And that's the fluidity that is required. While we need to have the right attitude, we need to be adjusting to the what with some kind of fluidity because it is changing by the hour. The second is believing the why. Why do we need to be participants in this and not spectators? Because when all the dust settles, we still require human ingenuity to participate. We still require human involvement 
uh, to investigate. We still require human work uh, to create some kind of profit that comes out of this and create economies of flow. If we sit on the bylines and then just watch, these are the experiments we saw, which was the 75-year control factor that was the Soviet Union. Lenin's ideas were good in taking away the totalitarianism of the czars of Russia and trying to return something to the people. And along comes Stalin and says that a little power is good, absolute power must be awesome. And then that experiment lasts 75 years. Again, I'm not knocking it. I've been to Russia. I'm pretty sure it has its good parts. And I correspond with a lot of people there who are finding the freedom that they now have something that is good. But we have to be careful of believing why things are happening or investigating the belief behind the why. Of, if people do not ask themselves basic why formulaic questions, you again go back to being an excuser, a viewer, and an abuser. In order to be a chooser, you have to adjust to the what. You have to begin to ask yourself questions in why you believe what you believe and why you are so ardent in that belief. Now, this goes back to some of the early principles we have covered in this podcast, and that is simply making sure you understand other people's point of view. I don't knock socialism or lord capitalism or uh, throw stones at communism by just because there are statements out there or the news media tells me to do so. I see a parade out there where someone's joining, throwing out words like fascist when they don't know what it means. I've studied human history. I've studied the anthropology. I've studied the plight of the Jewish people uh, when the when the Nazi Reich was trying to exercise its power and create those death camps. So as they rounded up people because nobody would fight for them, uh, six million people, they say, were exterminated at the rate of about 11 or 12,000 a day. And I've been to Auschwitz. That may be an extreme and that's not an example you toss out, but we need to ask ourselves why those things happen in history. And if these things are repeated again in some way, why would they happen again? Why is always formulaic? Why does not create in you an animosity that prevents you from understanding actually why educate. It actually opens up. It leads you to understand. It goes back to the basic philosophy. In fact, one of the things I've been studying is R.C. Sproul's, Sproul's overview of philosophy. The other day, I actually sent off for 12 CDs on his overview of philosophy, going back to Thales and now coming through Socrates, Plato, and all of the other things. So these are things I'm doing to begin to understand the why. The third component in the, is the C, controlling the how. So once you adjust to the what and believe the why, you will begin to be able to control the narrative that works for you by opting in, by being a chooser. We don't want to be excusers in purpose and productivity. We want to find the passion that drives our purpose, and we want to have purpose that gives us the productivity so we can be profitable denizens on planet Earth. We can be people who have dignity and actually produce something and are not spectators complaining about the rules of the game, but our participators engage because we know the rules and we have perfected the skill to play the game, not only play it well, but also win. Control the how. So these are my new ABCs, at least for the very near future. I'm always going to adjust to the what. What is happening around me? And I'm going to opt in by adjusting to it, by getting the best advice I can, by listening to all the advice that is given. 
by talking to the people who are scientific that can give me scientific advice and not rely on it purely from emotion or out of fear. The second is believing the why. Why does it make sense to me? What, how, why does it make sense to my family? Why will it make a difference if I go down this path? Understanding the formula, introducing the quantitative. And the third is controlling the how, controlling the narrative. If you adjust to the what, believe the why, and control the how, you become a chooser who can opt in. Until next time, this is Purpose and Productivity. God bless. That concludes another episode of Purpose and Productivity with Chris Dunham, brought to you by Skylife Success. Please subscribe, rate, and visit us on the web at chrisdunham.com and skylifesuccess.com, where you can find our social media links and access to additional resources. Till next time, happy learning and happy living.